I mean, it's the fifth anniversary spectacular. No, it's not a spectacular. This is like a legally required, contractually <laughs> required episode. But you know, it's going to be fun anyway. Fun fact: mm-hmm. Platypi are older than the North Star. That doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem true. <laughs> no, that seems that seems ridiculous. Yeah, like mammals are new and stars are old. That's right. I do also love that the plural of platypus is platypi. I don't even know if that's true, but that's just my, that's house style here. You know, uh, one of the things that you encounter if you have small children who are learning English, living in your house, Mm -hmm. especially if they also speak another language where things are sensible, (laughs) is all of the mistakes they make that are like totally logical Mm -hmm. and understandable. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, that should be how that works. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a reasonable thing to say. Small child learning English. And one of those that is not a big one, that I, but you made me think of when you said the platypi thing, is that both of my children say fishes. Right. Which is actually a thing you can say, but it doesn't refer to probably what they mean. No. Yeah. Like fishes, I, yeah, I believe, right. is when you have a multiple species. Right. Whereas fish is the plural of fish. Because <laughs> reasons. It's just like, why? Or, you know, it's just like, why? You know, have you, I mean, have you informed them that there's no such thing as a fish? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> haven't haven't gone down that torture road yet. You know, I like keeping my children, so I don't tell them <laughs> these things. <laughs> they can crack. They can cope with a lot, you know, because their world true. makes no sense to them yet. Anyway, so you just tell that them something true. like there's no such thing as a fish. They'll be like, oh, OK, I will say that, you know, this podcast has informed this. My kids are very. Uh, aware that birds are dinosaurs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is not a controversial idea at my house right yeah and if you just indoctrinate them early then they know your dinosaur propaganda well you know we were watching sesame street alan Mm -hmm. and big bird couldn't find his dinosaur costume okay he wanted to play dinosaurs with everybody and then uh they learned from a book that birds are actually dinosaurs so big bird didn't need a costume oh wow well, that's, yeah. you know, society can change. That wouldn't have flown when I was a kid. They would have been yeah, right no, off the no, air. It, would have, it wouldn't have flown. But I'm glad that you're able to adapt. And uh, I can adapt. Yeah. Just like platypi were able to adapt yeah. from previous. <laughs> All right. So they're not older than the North Star. I mean, they, apparently they are. Because you've never yeah. brought us a... Uh, only one fact that you've ever brought us that I still say is not a fact. So... Uh, I believe you, but what the deal? So there's a, there's a couple there's a couple caveats and some multiple layers to this. So let's dig in. Well, so it would have to be, wouldn't there? <laughs> so platypi are older than the North Star is the claim. Um, yeah. And when I'm referring to platypi, I'm talking about uh, the first sort of platypi like mammals, Steropodon, which you look at them, you're like, yeah, that's basically a platypus. They, apparently, they existed at least 110 million years ago. They found uh, skeletons of them. And 110 million North- years is a long time, but stars are really old. Stars are really old. Like, we've had stars for billions of years. Billions uh, of but years. But not all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the, uh, the North Star, yeah. uh, Polaris, is thought to be in between 45 and 65 million years old. So it's like a newbie. Uh, you know, the, the cool thing about that is that... The North Star is like, it was the fundamental way that that sailors navigated, mm-hmm. right? A long time ago from from human perspective of time. Right, but very recently from Platypi perspective. Totally. But like, <laughs> that's my point, is that it seems like super ancient because 
our our pre-cell phone ancestors, our pre-GPS ancestors, our pre-map. I mean, when people were using those, uh, what are those things called that you used on a ship back in the, the day? The ship navigating thingy with like the yeah. angle and the, the curve. It has a really cool name and I can't you've navigate just, You've just pulled it up through the miracle of editing. It, you knew off the it, top of your head that it was called Sextant. Sextant. Yeah, a sextant. Because I don't know what you, what did you DuckDuckGo that did not return that answer? Well, I don't use DuckDuckGo. I use well, okay, you're a cozy yet. Coggy. Oh, you're in Coggy. <laughs> it's like every, every six months you need to send out a newsletter to let us know what your search engine is. What did you type into Coggy that didn't answer the question? You know, I remember being, it's not my fault that I've always been ahead of the good search engine. I typed in ship navigate thingy and that didn't work. Uh-huh. I typed, what is the ship navigating device with the curve and lines called into ChatGPT? And it said the navigating device you're describing with the curve and lines is likely a sextant. And it bolded the word sextant. What did you use to, to do that? What What is your ChatGPT method of choice? Um, this is like not as good as it could be probably, but I have like a little in arc. You can like promote an app to like have a little um, but button. Uh, yeah, I sometimes use crooky things. Um, and so I use the arc browser and there's a little, so there's a couple little buttons of websites I use often. And one of them is the chat GPT button. And so I just clicked that and typed it in to whatever. I have so many different ways to talk to chat GPT. Now I just haven't figured out that you didn't even what? think of any of them. Uh, this is not the kind of thing I would think to use. Anyway, we've had this conversation. I like so using anyway. ChatGPT. Well, we like, we had this conversation on a lost episode that no one heard. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great because people are going to be like, oh, someday release the lost episode. We're like, no, we like literally can't. <laughs> we literally just, Alan failed to record it. It, it so would it just be even me. Exist. You'd just be hearing yeah, Just talking to yourself and, and laughing yeah. at how hilarious I was. I bet that'd but, be a great episode. We should just release that. I find ChatGPT is really good at asking it really hand-wavy questions that you're like, the way you might ask a person, like, yeah, you remember that thing? Like a couple of days ago, I was trying to describe to someone um, a certain kind of like what I found is like maybe writing that wasn't like fully honest intellectually and a certain writing style. And I was like asking them, you know, you know, that guy that writes the books with like the hair that's like all turns out. He's like, you know, turns out. And then they, they looked at me blankly. And so I typed into ChatGPT. Who is the guy with the hair that he writes the books that are all like turns out? And it says, you're probably thinking of Malcolm Gladwell. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly that's exactly who I meant. I did just go into chat GPT and say, what is the name of the old timey thing that sailors would use to navigate? And what did it say? It it got it right. I want to be curious, though, if I just typed into chat GPT ship navigate thingy. That doesn't sound like a question. The ship navigation thingy you're referring to is likely either a compass or a sextant. Yeah, and then explain what both of them are. So right. uh, ChatGPT for the win. At a lot of rate, people will get concerned that ChatGPT isn't very good at precisely, correctly, like, solving some... It's not good at math. Pro- yeah, it's not good at math, but it's good at vibes. Uh, yeah. So you're like, the vibes, and like, that guy, you know, the guy that says, turns out... That's awesome. So anyway, a sextant was used a long time ago... Mm-hmm. We're a little bit, we're a little bit off track. Okay, the sextant was used. <laughs> Going to roll along back with, the tracks with finding the north star. With finding the north star, because the north star was consistent. And the thing about stars, too, you know what? This makes a lot of sense too, because stars over time they can move, they can fade, but the north star has been very consistent, and that's probably because it's not that old. Well, it's been very consistent in the time. It's interesting that you say it's been very consistent. There's a couple of reasons why that's interesting. So it's it's been very consistent in the turn 
um, of the stars. So obviously the Earth rotates. And so from our perspective, it looks like the stars are rotating. Um, but the uh, North Star is so close to uh, direct north uh, that uh, it barely moves. It's like with less than a degree away from straight north. And so we get from a navigation perspective and uh, an astronomy perspective, we get the, the North Star seeming very consistent. Um, yeah. But there's actually a second reason why the North Star is newer than you would think, which is Because that it's the second one. <laughs> Polaris only became the North Star in the Middle Ages. Wait, what? There was a previous, no, I was right. There was a previous North Star. There was a previous, and there have been many previous North Stars, and there will be future North Stars. What? In 2750 BC, the most northerly star was Thuban. Oh, uh, okay. So what you're saying is there are a bunch of, by the way, that's a cool name. There are a bunch of stars that are all relatively close to true North. Mm-hmm. And in at that time, was that the brightest one? Why was that the North Star? Uh, because that the Earth's axis actually shifts. I see. So at that time, that was the closest. We shifted, and now Polaris is the closest. Yeah. Um, and uh, then over time, the Earth's axis proceeds. Uh, what's next? Well, I'll go through a little time timeline. In 2750 BC, Thuban was our, our, our North Star, and people apparently actually used it for navigation for that reason. Um, okay. And by 320 BC, a Greek, na- Greek navigator, Pythias was describing the stars and he noted that the celestial pole like directly north was an area devoid of stars huh uh by old english we had what we now refer to as the north star which in old english they refer to as the ship star uh in traditional lakota they refer to it as the star that sits still and in the renaissance huh. it was referred to as polaris in like a nouveau latin sort of sort of sounding word for the star above the pole but eventually it will uh no longer be uh, and we'll kind of progress through other stars as the Earth's axis proceeds. Wait, why Why Lakota did you choose? Because uh, I looked up uh, some things that other cultures called uh, Polaris, and I, I thought the Lakota one is cool. It is cool, but the Lakota are not a Canadian first people. They're, a North, they're an American first yes. people. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's that's just interesting. I was wondering. First, I was like, wait, why would... Just I couldn't figure out what your connection to Lakota was but there wasn't one it's just a cool that they had a cool name for yeah the star that sits still that star that sits still which is not so not only is it new as as a star at all sort of true yeah it doesn't actually sit still but you know i don't i don't don't blame them for that error um they uh not only is it new as a star as far as stars go it's also new that it's the northernmost star and it's temporary too did you yeah did you watch uh moon night no was it should i have was it worth it? Yeah, it was good it was fun uh not a lot of fun marvel stuff i'm i'm catching mm, up i'm mm, like mm. i'm like in 2021 right now I just watched okay. spider-man anyway i watched moon knight and there's a there's a scene in there it doesn't really spoil anything and also this was several years ago where <laughs> uh someone in egyptian times had made a star map of where to find something okay and so they're looking at it now but they're like scanning it with their ipad but the problem is that the night sky does not look the same mm, now mm-hmm. as it did 3,000 years ago when it was made. Yeah. And so luckily they have the magic power to turn back the sky to that night. That's uh, convenient. The stars, which is very convenient. And then they could scan it and then they, it worked. Somehow the iPad then picked that up. I don't really know how. Yeah, anyway. Entirely uh, success, but at any rate, yeah, the stars move. But except if a star is more or less within one degree of the North Pole, then for some period of time long enough for humans to think it's eternal, it doesn't move. 
Yeah. And there's also like, there's the axial procession of the earth as like, you know, the, the, which shifts the look of where all the stars are over yeah. thousands of years. Um, but then there's also the stars themselves are moving relative to our star. So especially stars that are close to us, uh, like uh, Polaris or uh, Sirius or some of these other stars that are that are quite close, uh, are often the brighter stars. Not always, obviously, but they're correlated with being brighter from our perspective. Yeah. Um, those stars move faster, typically, compared to us because they're closer, whereas the, the stars that are very, very far away, it takes way longer for them to sort of appear to move from our Because the light is still traveling to us and Polaris is far away. Well, it's because of like the radial distance. Like if a let's say a star moves like one light year in some direction and it's already like nine 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 light years away, then that's like a very small shift in where we perceived its light to be coming from. Whereas if the star is like five light years away and it shifts by one light year, that's like a big difference in where it appears in our sky. Yeah, that makes sense. But also if a star was far enough away, we wouldn't even catch the movement until the light traveled here, which might take a very, very long time. Yeah, I mean, like, if it suddenly moved all at once, like, if the star just, like, leapt to the left, then no, it would take a long saying, time. No, but I'm saying we don't—there are stars in the night sky that are, that are not—that are long dead. Yes, that is also true, but that's not why it takes longer for further away stars m- no, but to move it's relative It's part of to- the reason, and that's what I'm saying, is because, like, let's say that the star over a reasonable amount of time moved, mm-hmm. the, the, if it's far enough away— Mm-hmm. the light of the first part of that movement still might not have gotten here. But like the move is continual, right? Like it's not like, it's not like it just takes a step yes, to the left. Yes, of course. But like as it moves, <laughs> uh-huh. light is coming with, is is coming off of it, right? Yes. In a way that would, that would, that would show that movement, right? Uh-huh. But if it's like a million light years away, mm-hmm. then we're still seeing the light from before it started moving. Yeah, absolutely. But the, that's what I'm saying. the rate that it looks like it is moving through that continuous move is not necessarily, I don't think, it's not because anything no, to do with the no, distance. No, no, no. I, I agree with that. What I'm saying is that it's possible that the star has already moved. Yes, it's certain. That it's and moved. we're just not seeing it yet. Yes, that's true. I, we're on that's the same page. What I'm although I also did before anyone writes in, although we love you all writing in and, and correcting us, I am aware that the expansion of the universe means that that factors in and actually in some cases it may make it look like it's yeah, moving yeah. different ones. It, it it makes me sad sometimes to think that there are stars so far away that they are outside the bounds of the observable universe and yeah. we know nothing about them and can never know anything about them. Yeah, I used to think that the observable un- people would for oh, oh this is like larger than the observable universe. I'd be like, "Oh, it's like larger than the universe as far as we know." But it's like, "No, actually like we know we're pretty sure that there's like more universe that's far enough away that the light is going it's it like still coming towards us, us. In the it, entire it, length of time it hasn't reached us and it won't reach us because the universe is expanding fast enough that it's expanding faster than the light is coming towards yeah, it'll us. never get there it's traveling slower than it's getting bigger so it's yeah it's actually moving further away from us Yes, or we're yeah. morphing further away from... Yeah, yeah. So... The, the, yeah, it doesn't matter. But the point <laughs> is that the, that the light will never reach us. Unless we move, we will never see it. Yes. There's one other thing that I feel like I should caveat on this Uh-oh. thing about... You're going to change everything here at the end? Going to change everything and blow your mind? No, it's, yeah. a, it's a technicality. Ah, uh, those are always fun. I know, you love them. I, um, I kind of love so Polaris is famous uh, and easy to spot because it's 25 hundred times brighter than the sun partially because it's young um but 
since it was named and our old English ship star and all these things happened and people are using it for navigation, astronomers have realized uh, through modern technology that Polaris is actually a triple star system. And so the new star actually has a couple um, partners that orbit. There's Polaris AA, which is the one that we can all see. Scientists and then, suck at naming things. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's systematic. It's like the yeah. way it's Boring. like the cities where everything is like, oh, this is like 148th Avenue. Yeah. And, then it's and like, oh. J. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Polaris, a- Polaris AA orbits a smaller companion AB. And then that pair orbit has a wider orbit with Polaris B. Uh, and those other stars are way, way oh, fainter. That must be so pretty. Yeah, it's probably really cool, but we can't see it with the naked eye. So it, we wouldn't have referred to it as the North Star. We wouldn't have known it was but there. But imagine if the moon was two stars dancing. That, I don't exactly know what that means, but that sounds so poetic that I, like, I feel like I could have it could be a print or, or, or like a quote. <laughs> well, because the two stars. Imagine if the moon was two stars dancing. The two stars are rotating around each other. Yeah. In a dance. Mm-hmm. Right? And then that's rotating around the Polaris star that we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're one of the planets, if you're a planet in there, you if the really moon was cool. rotating around us, yeah. But instead of a moon, it was two stars that were. So I guess we're not a star. So it'd be two moons dancing. I guess if the sun had two other smaller suns rotating it. Yeah. Well, in, in Star Wars, you get like the binary sunset, which so, is like iconic. Super, yeah. Very, very Star Wars. Yeah. I was in Star Wars Land in Disneyland recently, and there was this really cool. Do they have two? Do they have two sunsets. Well, I kind of was a little. I knew I didn't really expect binary sunset or whatever, but there was a moment where we there at night. And there's just like a really cool like a moon floating there up in the sky. And I'm like, oh, that's how did they do that? Oh, it's the moon. It's just the moon. The moon is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I wouldn't put it past Disney. I mean, I I just feel like I would have heard about it. If they if they made an artificial moon, I feel like I would have heard about it. But maybe they I went to Disneyland one time free, free. On, a, on a not nice weather day. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, we're going to go anyway. This is when we're going to Disneyland. And uh, we get there and the park is quite empty because it's not a nice weather day yeah but the the second we crossed the threshold into disneyland Mm -hmm. the rain stopped the clouds parted and the sun came out and it was warm and sunny Uh, the entire time nice you see and i'm convinced you would think that they wouldn't have that power but no i think they do have that power yeah well they they go to great lengths they go above and beyond they will make yeah they will make sure i've heard it's less so than previously but they used to go to great lengths to make sure that you had a good time yeah i i feel i feel like I feel like the service was good. I mean, we went to Universal for a day and then got some contrast as to <laughs> what, what Disney can achieve. And then anything we were slightly annoyed about at Disney, and then we go back to back after Universal Hollywood, and then we were like, this is amazing. So how long is Polaris going to live? Did you get that in your research? It live in terms of uh, existing as a star or in terms yeah, of it being yeah. the, the North Star? Both of those things are interesting to me. I'm not sure about I could I could research on the existing uh, uh, as a star in terms of it staying the North Star. It's in like the thousands of years. Okay, so I'm gonna have to get used to this when it changes. All right, cool. Yeah, it's actually pretty close. I think it, it was in 2100 roughly. So like in in the next hundred years, it will peak in terms of being as northernly as going to get, and then it'll start uh, progressing away from ah, the north. And do they know what's next? Vega. It will take over Vega. as the North Star in about a thousand years. Yeah, very Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. That's inter- That's very interesting. Uh, and then, because another bonus, bonus, bonus is wow. the, the hits precession of Earth's axis is actually circular, circular motion. Um, 
and uh, it will become the most northerly star again in 27,000 years. Okay, that one I don't know if I'll, if I'll catch or not, but that's cool. That must be nice for it. Yeah, I mean, people will still be listening to these podcasts then, so you don't know for sure where people are in the We cycle. might even be at episode like 90 by then. <laughs> we'll, be in, we'll be in at three digits. <laughs> by then, yeah. Low three digits. <laughs> cool. Right on. Uh, speaking of digits. Mm, mm, digit related fact. A, yeah, I have a digit related fact for you. Mm. Fun fact. Zero is an even number. Y- y- yeah, that seems true. Like, it's not odd. It, seems no. f- it has even vibes. No, it's very even, as it turns out. And so, I wanted to talk about why. Eight. Six, four, two, zero. That's a good intuitive. I think that's a mass, I think that's a mathematical proof. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I feel like you could put that in in the margin of a notebook. I I find that uh, not everyone finds this intuitive, but I do. I think maybe everyone does. We'll find out. Well, to but be w- clear, you they think that you think the common perception is people say, "Well, it's not even or odd; it's zero. That's it's right. Either. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it's that's not true. Uh, it's just even. In fact, it can't be odd. If it was odd, it would break a lot of rules. So mm. I want to talk about some of those facts. Okay. So let's start by understanding a basic math term that I bet you know, and that term is parity. Mm-hmm. Parity is a word that can have multiple similar definitions, but in mathematics, do you know what it means? I I could only I could only like make up I could confabulate ChatGPT style what it means. You tell me what parity means. <laughs> It means the condition of being even or odd. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if I would have gotten there. Yeah. In other words, the parity of a number is either even or odd. Hmm. And when you talk about parity, that's what you're talking about. So if we're going to say that zero is definitively an even number, we first need to ask ourselves, what makes something an even number? Yeah. And the first and most important rule is that it has to be a multiple of two. That's, that would be my, yeah, that would be what I would go with. Yeah, and, and and that means that you can divide it by two and you will have no remainder. So four is even because four divided by two is two. Right. But five is odd because five divided by two is two with one remaining, right? Two yeah. plus two is one. Hmm. So uh, I found a, a fun visual way to imagine this because when you get into zero, it gets a little confusing. Okay. Right, because like two divided by or zero divided by two is what? Zero divided by two is zero. That's right, which is different than two divided by zero, which is infinity or un- non-defined. Yeah, it's undefined. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not zero. People sometimes people think it's zero. So if you imagine you have a set of objects, mm-hmm. let's say that you have you have four of something. All right, and you you want to divide that four of something into two groups of equal size. I do, and you want nothing left over. You want everything mm-hmm. to be in a pile. I I have faith in us. So if you have four of something, you put two in each pile, you're done. Mm. And that, therefore, even. Parity mm. is even. Mm-hmm. But if there's something left over, then your parity is odd. So if you have five of something, and you try to make two piles with the same number of things in them, you will inevitably get to the fifth thing. You're going to have a hard time. Have a hard time. So if you have zero of something, mm-hmm. you can make two piles of zero. It's pretty easy. And there's nothing left over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, you have zero left over. Yeah, which which is good. That's yeah. what they want. So zero is an even number because it's also a multiple of two. Another way that you can determine if something is even or odd 
is that the parity of integers alternates. That means that if one number is even, then the next number is odd. That's kind of what I started with. And that is kind of what you started with. And zero is an even number because it's in between two odd numbers, Mm -hmm. one and negative one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Another rule you can use is that, and this is one I didn't know, is that the parity of any decimal integer, which is a number that only contains zero through nine. A decimal integer is an integer with only one digit, basically? No, with, it contains any combination of only the numbers 0 through 9. In other words, there's no fractions. Oh, okay. Is that different than when we say integer, we always mean decimal? Yeah, that's true. I forget what the difference is. I, I, there is a difference between a decimal integer and a non-decimal integer, but you're right. It can't be that particular. There's an decimal. octal integer, I guess. I, yeah, I guess it. Yeah, it's. I guess that's right. Yeah, it's anything that doesn't use, like, doesn't use hex and things like that. So okay. anyway, a decimal integer, an integer containing only using 0 through 9, the parity of that integer is always the same as its last digit. The parity of the number is always... Yeah, that seems true, of course. If 10 is even, oh. then oh. 0 is even. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, I hadn't thought yeah. about that. That's clever. Yeah, that's cool, right? Uh, in, there's a rule of arithmetic, for example, that an even integer minus another even integer will always equal an even integer. Yeah, and you that intuitively seems true. Why? Um, because even integers are all multiples of two, and so you can't make something stopping a multiple of two by removing a multiple of two or adding a multiple of two. Yeah, I think you're right. So the uh, zero, however, is that is also true for zero. Yeah. But it's it's true for an interest in an interesting way, I think, slightly, because zero minus any even integer becomes the negative version of the same integer. Right. Yeah. In the same way for if you add the negative. That's right. So that is then obviously still even. Mm-hmm. Now, as I said, this can all confuse people uh, who claim that zero is neither even or odd. I but think we've convinced not. every anyone on, in our audience. Yeah. In fact, not only is it uh, not uh, even or odd, and not only is it definitely even but graph theory and computational geometry require zero to be even even to work and because even is not only divisible by two but also by every power of two zero is considered by mathematicians to be the quote most even number of <laughs> <all>. okay <laughs> i mean given that 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 example of like oh well you can make piles that that have the same amount in them yeah no. it's it's really even it's like the most even. You can you have, have any number of piles. Number of piles. Any yeah. number you want. It will always have no remainder. You'll always be perfectly yeah, divisible. And they'll always be the same amount. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So zero, the most even number. And therefore, the best number? I'm going to go with the best number. I also I enjoyed with zero that it didn't come with like the other ones. Like there was like a first minting of numbers. And then later they were like, oh, actually also zero. We're going to add that on. I think the concept of zero is really hard for people. And I mean, you can see it even in, in like children start with starting with math. I think mm. It's a tricky one. I think zero, the concept of nothing is, is a hard one. Yeah. But I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm going to say it's the, the best number. I think that's, yeah. I, we can make it the official number of the show. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have a favorite number and it's not zero, but we can, now it is. It wasn't, so, but now it is. Yeah, yeah. Now it is. Now that I proved to myself and all of the factors out there, that zero is, in fact, the best number there is. As even as it gets. Yeah, we're going to have to change the song. This change, there's a song called Even As It Gets. Zero, it's a magic number. 
What? What is that? That's it's three. Weird. Three is the magic number. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was. Yeah. All right. But we're gonna make it zero. We'll uh, we'll do a, a a petition. No, just get a, get the original band. I think it's Three Dog Night to re-record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we'll just send them. In sure, now. that's not a problem. I don't know how old they are or when that song came out. I think it was kind of a long time ago. Yeah, we'll work it out. Our people will work it out. Our, our people will talk to their people. Yeah. They're still a band, if I'm right that they were the ones who did it. <laughs> Feels like Three Dog Night to me. Uh, kind of uh, Bob Duro. That I wouldn't even remotely have said that. But it does say it's part of Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, Schoolhouse Rock is awesome. We have the math Schoolhouse Rock on vinyl, and uh, my oh, wow. kids love it. Yeah. yeah, I'm a nerd. All right, Bob Duro. Okay, well, he's been dead since 2018 but that's eh, no problem for fun i said fact. our people will work it out we have good people we'll work it out we're gonna bring him back <laughs> i've got a fun fact for you okay this is a bonus fun fact i don't there's not too much to it or maybe there is i don't know uh but i, I came across this and i was just like huh okay fun fact booby traps are illegal this seems intuitively true See, I was surprised by this. Like, I, I watch Home Alone, and I'm like, as a kid, I'm like, well, if I need to booby trap something, that's that. If if I'm under threat, I should I should put down some booby. You traps. should put down some booby traps. Well, I thought that, but then wait, hold on. So everything that Kevin McAllister did in Home Alone is illegal, unfortunately. So well, but no, he's in his own home though. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe in some of the, the there might be like stand your ground state yeah, laws like in, or something like that. In certain but states. I, I think I think actually my belief in my research on this that even in those states you still are not allowed to booby trap your home. Um, and I was like, why? Like I um, I like they had they have this law and like sort of thing just just internet described like oh it's a law, but I was like, well, why? Um, and so I asked ChatGPT, it's like, why why they make this law? And ChatGPT and I was like flagged to some very obvious questions like. What if the person who enters your home is a paramedic? What if they're a land surveyor? What if they're a mail carrier? What if they're a child? And I'm like, oh, yeah, those would all be bad. Maybe we shouldn't have booby traps. <laughs> I just never really thought about it. I was just like, yeah, it's just kind of a thing to do. It's your space. It's your home. You can you can booby trap your home. Like, I feel like you should have you have the right to do things in your home. But there's limits on those, and those limits include booby traps. Okay, no booby trapping your home. No booby trapping your home because you might hurt a paramedic. Or a kid, or a mail carrier, or a kid, or a kid, a, a kid mail carrier paramedic. Eight, wow, kid. Well, Doc Doogie Hauser, but he also has a paper route. It would be so sad if you accidentally hit him with a paint can swing from the ceiling. I would be sad. Although he's a doctor, he'd know how to handle it. Yeah, if it's only didn't hit him too hard. I also saw a thing that apparently the Home Alone movie, like it was like all the ways that the they would just be dead, the the criminals. It was like they would be dead like 14 <laughs> times or something like that. Wait, hold on. But, but okay. But, but what, what? What? I want to clarify something that I just realized because although the world seems like it's one place, it's not. Where is it illegal to booby trap? Oh, uh, good question. I believe that it was like kind of one of those default laws that like there might be somewhere. Most jurisdictions consider the practice illegal, but then it says citation needed. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It's always it's always a lot more work to prove a, an everything instead of most. You That's see so that true. a lot. Oh, it's illegal in the Geneva Convention. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel less bad on not having thoroughly like I remember just getting the vibes that 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 what I was reading was like yeah it's pretty much yeah but now I see here it's <laughs> at the 
at the URL un.org slash document slash atrocity dash crimes PDF. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, are yeah, there no. any countries that are not, that have not agreed to the Geneva Conventions? Oh, oh okay. I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah. So they don't, not, not all countries are parties to all of it. So maybe one of those countries. There's also places in the world that essentially have no laws. So yeah, apparently all kind of, all member states of the United Nations, United Nations are parties to the Geneva Convention. Yeah, but not all countries are part of the United Nations. Yes. So in that case, then yeah, there's some exceptions. But I also I don't feel like if they're like opting out of um, the United Nations and the Geneva Conventions is because they want people booby trapping Doogie Hauser. The Vatican City is not part of the United Nations, so I guess at the at the Holy See, you can uh, you can trap it up. <laughs> okay, next you can just kind of sneak into St. Peter's uh, late yeah. at night. Yeah, Kosovo, some Taiwan, little, little uh, micro machines, Palestine, electrify things, Western Sahara, Abkhazia, Northern Cyprus, South Ossetia. I mean, those are like I think we talked about this before. Those are like uh, what are they called? Like uh, partially recognized states. Yeah, yeah. I forgot they have a more, a less nice name for that, but I can't remember what it is. At any rate, yeah, I think I can, I think we can reasonably say that it is illegal to booby trap effectively, essentially everywhere. But if you really, really want to smack yeah. someone in the head with a pink can, your best bet is Vatican City is where I'm going. Vatican City. That's where, that's where to go. <laughs> See the art? Get hit with a paint can. Okay. <laughs> is it, it'll be in Italian flag colors? I don't know. Yeah. 